Hello and welcome to the Deathcast. I'm your host, author and journalist Ian Totten. I'd like to thank you for joining me as we're prepared to take a look at another true crime case. This week we're going to be looking at something a little bit different. This is a cold case from just a few years ago. Before we get into it, however, as always, I have the normal show notes. If you'd like to follow me on social media, just search for The Deathcast, The Deathcast Pod, or Deathcast Podcast. You can find me on most social media sites under any of those monikers. If you enjoy this show and what I do, please consider leaving a five-star review wherever it is that you get your favorite podcasts. We do have a five-star review to read out this week. This comes from Apple Podcasts by a user named 3X. The best on the bubble. Great podcast. This guy is the best on the bubble. He should have blown up already. He has the talent, research, and quality of a 1 million subscriber channel. Support and appreciation, Ian. Channel. Thank you, Channel, for that glowing review. It is greatly appreciated. Next, if you're an advertiser looking to advertise on this show, please reach out to my agents at bigpondpodcasting.com for rates and availability. Alright, now that all of that is out of the way, get yourself something to drink, find a nice comfy chair, kick back and relax. I have my coffee, I have my cigarettes. Let's go into the crypt. So this week's case actually takes place in 2021, June 5th to be exact, in Lake Tahoe, when 70-year-old Robert Gary Spore and his wife Wendy Wood were attacked in their West Shore home by an unknown home invader. Now this neighborhood in Lake Tahoe is fairly well-to-do, and at least from what I could find, there doesn't appear to be a lot of crime in this area. Certainly not murders or violent attacks. The Spore Wood home is situated near the Hurricane Bay Beach, as well as nearby bike trails, so there's a lot of activity in this particular area. Some quick background on the couple. They had built a fairly successful real estate business who they raised in Orinda. Eventually, the family became successful enough that they were able to move to the Tahoe area in the early 2000s. And from what I can tell, it appears as though the home that they had in Lake Tahoe was really a vacation retreat for the family, although eventually it would become their primary residence. From what I can gather, as the couple grew older, they would travel frequently. According to numerous articles, they would go to areas like Hong Kong and Afghanistan and Egypt, basically just living up life as best they could. The couple were known as very outgoing and adventurous. This is coming from a San Francisco Chronicle report dated this year. Quote, 
Wood played kickball and was an avid skier. They took walks with floppy-eared Maggie, who loved the lake area. Life was a happy blur of trees, lake, and placidity. And their children also enjoyed this upbringing that their parents' success brought them, with one of their daughters attending New York State University before going on to study business in places such as China and London, before going on to get a job as the marketing director for a fairly large dairy. So when this crime occurred, it really shook the family to its core, but more than that, it shook the entire community to its core because Robert and Wendy were not known to have any real enemies to speak of. So timeline of events... On June 5th, 2021, Robert and Wendy had gone out at some point in the afternoon, early evening, only to return home around 10 p.m. Well, while they were away, a masked man was seen on closed-circuit television walking up their driveway before disappearing. The man obviously made his way into the house. Investigators later stated that they did not find any signs of forced entry. That is an important piece of evidence because if there's no sign of forced entry, that means one of two things. Either the Spore family were secure enough in where they lived that they did not lock the home, or the killer had knowledge of how to enter the home without leaving any traces. In any event, after returning home around 10 p.m. on June 5th, the couple were met by this masked intruder who shot Robert one time in the head before turning the gun on Wendy and shooting her multiple times. After this, the assailant fled the area, and no one had any clue that this attack had happened until hours later when Wendy regained consciousness and was able to make a phone call to 911 stating that somebody had broken into their house and shot both her and her husband. Police arrived at the home and they found Robert dead on arrival while Wendy had lapsed back into unconsciousness. She was taken to a area hospital where she remained in critical condition for weeks. Obviously, as you can tell from the shortened length of this episode, there is not a lot of information that police have made public. However, I have been in contact with one of the daughters, and I promised this one woman that I would, in fact, cover the case on the show in an effort to get it out to more people, because somebody knows something. Police very quickly ran into dead ends with this case. As outside of the video surveillance, there is no other evidence to speak of. The killer did not leave any trace of forced entry. There was no sign of a struggle. 
There was also no weapon found at the scene, meaning that the killer brought the weapon with them and took it when they left. Police also were quick to note that there did not appear to be anything missing from the home, and they fairly quickly came to the conclusion that this was more likely than not a targeted murder, which raises the question, why was the family targeted? What had happened in either their business or their personal life that had led to them being targeted for assassination, which is exactly what this is. Again, there is not a lot of evidence on this crime for us to be able to take even an educated guess on it because the police have not released any of that information, which usually means that they are actively working this case and that there are leads that they are following which they do not want to blow by making those things public. To, I mean, to the best of my knowledge, they have not even released the caliber of weapon used to commit these crimes. The only real information we have is that Robert Spore was shot at point-blank range in the head and that his wife was also shot. However, she was shot multiple times. As I stated a few moments ago, Wendy went into a coma. She eventually came out of this coma. However, she had no recollection of being shot, so it wasn't like she could give the police any information for them to try and search for a suspect. But the police have continued to work on this case over the ensuing couple of years, and the information they have released to the public is simply that they believe the individuals responsible for this crime may be living in and around Reno, Nevada. The suspect has been described as wearing a dark hoodie, white sweatpants, a backpack, and a neck gaiter. We also know that the police have been in contact with one of the couple's daughters, that would be Adrian Spur, who has stated that the police have given her some information. However, she is wisely keeping that information to herself as she does not want to jeopardize this investigation. Though she has spoken to the media, recently she spoke with the media concerning her mother, Wendy, who unfortunately, while making steps on the road to recovery, took her own life while in a convalescent home at the age of 70, the same age that her husband had been. Now, according to the daughters, Wendy felt deep inside that she knew the individual responsible for the murder of her husband, but unfortunately was unable to recall that information. And in the last few months of her life, Wendy had been dealing with anxiety and depression over the loss of her partner in life. The family have gone on to create a website, homewoodhomicide.com, and they are offering a reward of $150,000 for any tips leading to the capture of the killer or killers. I'm going to read you the information directly from the website. 
Were you in the area around Sunnyside, William Kent Beach on June 5th, 2021? Images in the background of your video's photos could solve this case and make you eligible for a $150,000 award. Please send to Placer County Sheriff's Office, J.C. Martin, at placer.ca.gov. We believe that the shooter may have been near William Kent Beach in the Sunnyside restaurant before and after the shooting. Were you at any of the well-known locations in this area? The West Shore Market, Lake Tahoe Park Association, William Kent Beach, or the Sunnyside Restaurant and Lodge on June 5, 2021 between 3 to 5 p.m. and 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. If you have any photos or videos in the area between William Kent and Homewood on June 5, 2021, please send them to the Placer County Sheriff's Office. You could be eligible for the reward if your photo or video helps to identify the shooter. To submit tips or information, call 530-889-7853 or email jcmartin, that's J-C-M-A-R-T-I-N, at placer.ca.gov. Again, this is all coming from the family's website, and I am reading it simply for those of you who are not inclined to go out and seek the website it yourself. What we know, the shooter appears to have traveled by foot in the bike lane along West Lake Boulevard on June 5, 2021. He traveled southbound on West Lake Boulevard from Tahoe City to Homewood between 3.30 and 5.30 p.m. on June 5, 2021. He traveled northbound on West Lake Boulevard from Homewood to Tahoe City between 8.30 and 10.30 p.m. on June 5, 2021. If you have any camera footage or information about this individual, please provide to the Placer County Sheriff's Office. So, there you have the information. If anyone does have information pertaining to the murder and shooting of Robert Spore and his wife, Wendy Wood, Again, that number is 530-889-7853, or you can contact the Placer County Sheriff's Office at jcmartin at placer.ca.gov. Now, I understand that this week's episode has been exceedingly short. I apologize for that, but I wanted to get this information out there to you, my listeners who number in the hundreds of thousands worldwide in the hopes that someone may have heard or know something about this case. That being said, I will be releasing a full-length episode later on in the week for your consumption and enjoyment. Until then, The Death Cast is a production of both Corpse Creek Publishing and Big Pond Podcasts. Till next time, stay morbid.